this story begins in the 90s. With Mariah Carey blaring on the radio of their Toyota Corolla, researchers head towards the sweeping blue of the Kaikoura coastline. This group of researchers is called the Otago Marine Megafauna Research Group and have been returning every year to see the faithful sperm whales return to the intricate Kaikoura coastline. Such longevity and consistency has made this one of the longest running studies on dolphins and whales in the world. We've been studying sperm whales at Kaikoura for a long time, since 1990, and so we know quite a bit about that population. We know what's happening at Kaikoura, and we think we understand what's going on there. Um, we know very little about sperm whales anywhere else in New Zealand. So sperm whales are found right around the coastline uh, in deep water habitats, but they haven't been studied anywhere else really around Aotearoa, New Zealand. That is Dr William Raymond, the current leader of the research group. And now, in 2022, wait, let me change the station. 32 years after the beginning of the studies in Kaikoura, Will and his team are expanding on the strong foundations laid from decades of research. With the help of a group called Coastal People Southern Skies, the team's eyes are pointed to the horizon as they leave the familiar waters of Kaikoura to venture in to the unknown. So we are starting projects off the coast of Northland. Um, we're collaborating with a group called the Far Out Ocean Research Collective who've been doing some megafauna surveys off Northland. And then um, we know that we have sperm whales off Otago as well. We've done various, uh, over the last few years, we've done a few sort of pilot surveys um, and gone to look for other creatures and so on. And we've been surprised really to find sperm whales on a regular basis pretty much every time we go out to that deep water habitat over the Otago canyons. We find sperm whales out there so we're like wow this is amazing this is a you know this population or a little subpopulation or at least a habitat um, right on our doorstep where we could be studying sperm whales as well so like i said we know a fair bit about what's happening at kaikoura it'll be really interesting in the next couple of years to compare what's happening there with what we find off otago and off the coast of northland as well Over the last 15 years or so, the amount of sperm whales returning to Kaikoura has been declining. Ecologically, sperm whales are vital to the stability of deep ocean communities, but also they are incredibly important to the Māori and Pacifica communities that populate the Pacific Ocean. We're concerned about those connections being eroded, essentially. Um, obviously important for, for the whale watching industry but also those connections with coastal communities um, you know what does it mean to the people in Otago for example to have those connections with sperm whales and if those if sperm whales are, are declining here as well then those connections might be being lost or they might have already been lost um, so yeah that, that that's the motivation really to, to study them a little bit more further afield in order to get a better understanding of what's happening with sperm whales around the country. The plan is simple. By investigating the different populations of sperm whales in Kaikoura, Northland and Otago, Will and his team can compare them and discover if and how the populations are connected. They already know a lot about the whales found in Kaikoura thanks to the last 30 years of research, so now the same must be done for Otago. 
What we're really interested in finding out is whether those habitats are connected. Is it the same whales using Kaikoura that use Otago, for example? We know they don't spend the entire year at Kaikoura. Some of them drop in for a day or two, some of them will stay for a few months, uh, but they're not there the whole time. When they're not at Kaikoura, we don't know where they go. Amazing to, to find out whether or not they're using other, other habitats on the uh, east coast, for example. The the males, when they breed, they make these migrations up to the warmer waters to meet the females. It would be amazing to know if it's the you know if the males off the off the South Island coast are migrating up to those um, waters off the North Island to meet up with females there, or whether it's larger migration. So those are the kind of things we're hoping to find out by doing some pretty basic science really on these on these populations we can tell who's who so they're all individually recognizable so that's one obvious way to figure out whether they're moving between those habitats but we can use other techniques as well so we can look at the size structure of the population we can look at their dna so we can pick up little bits of sloughed skin from behind the whale when they're sitting at the surface shedding off bits of skin the whole time and so if you've got a sharp eye and you're hanging out in your little boat you can pick them up with a little fishing net um, and we can do genetic and genomic analyses on those we can listen to their sounds figure out uh, potentially if they come from the same clans so yeah there's a, a number of different ways of doing it um, using some you know pretty basic techniques um, to, to try and figure out how these populations are connected on that note then, adventure awaits. Upon the Marine Science Department's research vessel, the legendary Polaris II, Will and his team ride the swell of the Otago coast. With microphones in hand, the team set their focus on the deep realm that lies beneath their feet. There is a world of understanding waiting to be revealed, all through the simple use of the sperm whale's sounds. You see, each whale group has a distinct series of clicks that they make in order to socialize called coders. If you turn down the radio and just listen. These coders can be recorded and analysed by the team and then compared with ones heard from different groups in Kaikoura. If the same coders are heard in both Kaikoura and Otago, then it's likely the same whales are found in both. The structure of the sperm whale head is so unusual and so interesting that it also lets us find out about their size. So when the sperm whales make a click, the sound effectively echoes inside the head and so by recording their echolocation clicks and looking at the very fine structure of that sound, you can get an estimate of how long the whale's head is. Um, and with old whaling records, we know how the length of the head compares to the total length of the animal. And so we can essentially, just by making recordings with a hydrophone um, and analysing those sounds, we can get an estimate of the length of the whale. So for example, if the size structure of the population down here is similar to the Kaikoura, it would give us a clue that you know, similar groups of whales anyway are using these two different habitats. When you're in the palm of the sea, it's as easy to forget about the rock. But deep below, beneath and around the diving whales, Breaks in the sea floor swing and glide to create a paradise of life. 
deep sea canyons like the Great Kaikoura Canyon seem to draw organisms into their moor. This makes them perfect places for sperm whales to hang out and find a feed due to the huge concentration of organic life. Off the coast of Otago, there are rich veins of canyons that splinter and weave throughout the sea floor. This may be why Otago is a great place to find sperm whales and other elusive deep diving creatures. They're not just good habitat for sperm whales, they're good habitat for all kinds of other deep diving things. Um, so cetaceans, particularly beaked whales, just off the Otago Canyons here, just off Otago, sorry, in the, over the Otago Canyons, we've been seeing with reasonable regularity the species called shepherd's beaked whale, which until pretty recently was very, very poorly known. And it looks like the Otago Canyons are the place in the world, pretty much, to find shepherd's beaked whales. Uh, and so when we find those, we get very excited. Any time you see a beaked whale species, they're these very unusual, enigmatic, poorly known uh, species, known mostly from strandings. Um, Any time you see a beaked whale, you get excited, often quite hard to identify them. Um, and so it involves taking a lot of photos and studying the books and talking to the experts and so on. Can be something quite unusual, quite rare. Uh, and that's very exciting. Now that the light is fading, silver and purple at twilight, as the light of the old day blends into new, it's important for us to understand and hold on to our roots as we look forward towards growth. Throughout this project, Will and his team will work with local Māori and Pacifica communities. By doing this, the team will come to understand the sperm whale's place in nature and the challenges that they are facing. Local communities have forged deep connections with the sperm whales and their environment, connections that must be preserved and strengthened to promote the physical and spiritual health of the people and their home. This isn't the only research project to incorporate such values. This project is part of many supported by a group called Coastal People Southern Skies, a centre of research excellence based at the University of Otago. Projects supported by this group aim to connect, understand and restore coastal marine environments and communities throughout New Zealand and the Pacific. The steps taken on a journey are just as significant as the place which they aim and which they began. I started telling this story with you in 1990, when in reality the journey has been walked through hundreds of years. One day, the sperm whale populations of the Pacific will be extensively understood by all communities together. I do not know when that day will be, but what I do know is that the path leading towards it is in good hands.